0: Cheryl Reeve is live from Everett, Washington, getting ready for her team's game against Seattle. This is the Cheryl Reeve Show, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. Only show on the t- podcast network where we have a multiple champion. Uh, hey, I love everybody else on the network. This show is a little bit different, though. Uh, you can find all the shows at TalkNorth.com, us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. Best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free, just a very convenient way to listen. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton, and our sponsors, Rudy Luther Toyota, Successful Marketing Group, and Cara Quinn, your local realtor. All right, Cheryl, uh, so much I want to get to today. It's, it's a remarkable how much is going on with your team and your league. If you don't mind, we you take us, uh, start by taking us through Ariel Powers' injury and the signing of Laisha Clarendon?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, a bit unfortunate. You know, we haven't been able to get Ariel going uh, physically, and uh, so another setback for her. You know, I think we mentioned that she missed some – uh, some most of training camp, really, you know, with limiting reps, et cetera, and trying to manage things to, we, we thought we could get to a certain point where, you know, she'd be able to clear that, that time. And and then not to be, um, you know, she came up with a, a hamstring injury uh, a couple days ago. And, and then, now, as you know, our, our roster size is just 11 uh, because of the salary cap situation and choices that we made. And uh, Renaya Davis is out. And so any injury that we get that's going to be for a period of time, uh, you'll have a chance to apply for a hardship and we were granted a hardship and, and, uh, we decided to, uh, we've not yet signed LASIA, but, um, uh, they're on the, uh, uh, onboarding process, which is basically the, you know, the testing, et cetera, protocols, uh, to be able to be cleared to play. And so, uh, our hope is, uh, that LASIA over these next couple days goes through the testing and, and becomes cleared to play. Uh, for us when we, when we come home this weekend.
0: And you're getting the Fisa Collier back, which I'm sure is a, a relief for you. Yeah, it's about
1: time. Uh, she was vacationing in France and and, <laughs> des- and des- decided to come back to us and, uh, you know, played played really well uh, for that team, too well. Uh, you know, put them in the playoffs and, and did quite well for, for them. And, and we know how important she is to us. I, I don't think we should sit here and think that, oh, okay, just add... Um, you know, feed back into it. And and then you're a well-oiled machine. Uh, I think that, you know, obviously fee coupled with, you know, the work that we did this week, I think we we're, we definitely took a step. We just did not have a very good training camp. Um, and, and it just is what it is. And, and, but we just had some really valuable time and I was glad fee was able to be a part of it.
0: When we talk about not having a great training camp, is that, is that because of all the new personnel not having fee there not having, uh, you know, McBride there right away and injuries or, or was there something else going on? Yeah, no, it was
1: all of that. Um, You know, I've had, you know, it's just, you know, gosh, 20 years I've been doing this. And, you know, I mentioned to, to Lindsay Whalen, it was, might've been, you know, it's among the worst uh, that I uh, was a part of and uh, meaning, you know, not the people that were there, the players that were there, just the, you're still managing as they returned, uh, returned to play. A lot of them didn't play overseas. COVID was still impacting some players in terms of, you know, their ability to, to get into facilities and do things and either a lack of know-how, uh, of what to do. You know, some players seem to be okay with, you know, figuring out how to condition themselves and other players struggle with that. Um, especially international players. Um, and we, we, uh, you know, we talked to the NBA folks and it seemed to be a theme. Um, injuries are up in every sport. Um, and so we wanted to take the approach of our training camp that we could not run a typical first week of training camp. So, uh, players coming back from overseas in great shape um, and that you just couldn't. So we didn't come out of the gates uh, in a way that we typically would. But we did that to what we thought was to preserve uh, and not have you know those immediate uh you know, strains and, and things like that, you know, hip flexors or, you know, your quads, your hams, your calves, we wanted to avoid all that. So we just really were very intentional and, in, and, in, uh, in the ways in which that we, we drilled, uh, in that first week. And, uh, and then we tried to ramp it up a little bit each week, but it just, it just, uh, you know, without Ariel for much of training camp, no Nafisa, uh, uh no KMAC because she's in, in Turkey. Um, managing SIL, not wanting, you know, she's the one that's there and I don't want her to get run into the ground, you know, because she's actually available to us where the others were not. So we just had this kind of disjointed uh, training camp. We went down to Atlanta uh, and played them in the first week. And my goodness, you know, the first week of training camp, certainly, uh, you know, as bad as I thought it was, it definitely showed itself in that and that scrimmage, we couldn't even you know, scrimmage a full game and feel like that we were healthy enough to do that. Jess Shepard was returning from injury, wanted to make sure that we didn't overwork her. So just, you know, just w- what it is. I mean, a lot of people have those issues. Uh, it's never been us. We've been very, very fortunate. Our training camps have always been great springboards into the season. Uh, but, you know, as they say, you do this long enough, you're going to experience a little bit of everything. Uh, and this was sort of our turn and, and – I don't think anybody feels sorry for us. Um, So we just, we just got to still try to find a way. We've got ourselves in a bit of a hole and, and uh, you know, I don't, I just don't think because we, you know, we've had a good, you know, four or five days of practice and that fees back that all of a sudden, you know, that, that, uh, you know, that's just going to immediately turn things into, into winning. And we're a team that's going to be better late in the season than we are early in the season. Uh, That's not hard to do at this point. But, but I do think that, uh, you know, the team will come together and uh, you know, it may take some time and that's okay. Um, we we just got to get there. Every journey different. And this one definitely has been a different journey so far.
0: Network note. You mentioned Lindsay Whalen. She was a recent guest of mine on my show on this network, blocked and muted with Jim Suhan. I've had some cool guests this week. It'll be uh, Latroy Hawkins, my old friend from the twins. Uh, check that out. If you get a chance, check out the entire network, uh, tons of outdoor content, tons of sports content, uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Our numbers are up, and we do appreciate those who helped us helped us get here. Uh, so you've had Dangerfield start. You've had her come off the bench with uh, Powers going out. Does she just uh, become your starting point guard, or how do you play that?
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a very easy, you know, natural, um, you know, decision, you know, for, for Crystal. I think um, you know Crystal had a I think a, a bit of a I don't want to say a tougher training camp, but one that we challenged her a little bit more. Um, and I think she's kind of cleared the, you know, the, those few weeks of, you know, maybe, um, starting to think a little bit too much, you know, getting out of her head, uh, ignoring, ignoring me and just playing and, and, uh, you know, do the things that I'm asking you to do, you know, type of thing. And, and I think she's, she's well positioned. I think she's played well, you know, the New York game, none of us played well. Uh, so I don't look at, um, anything that Crystal, you know, did prior to, um, you know her kind of moving to the bench and now starting. Crystal's the same; she's going to give you the same no matter no matter what role she plays. And um, you know we are we are searching for you know our ability to be successful uh, long term. And you know defense and rebounding is as you, as you know is something that we've always valued. And um, when we looked at you know, starting powers as kind of the lead guard, um, you know I like you know I like eventually maybe getting to. Uh, that bigger lineup—that's a lineup that could finish games—but we're a long ways away from that. And and you um, know, I think Crystal is somebody that uh, we do well with when she's on the floor. Uh, the the synergy between her and Sill when they played a little bit last year was really good. You know, their numbers were good, and and uh, yeah. So I think that's a that's a very easy uh, decision to make that that Crystal will be will be starting for us.
0: I probably should have asked this last week. Any thoughts on some on? Uh... On Simone Augusta's retirement and moving into the coaching ranks.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know it kind of kind of hits you. you know you just go 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 and you know obviously we all we all know you know the the departure was less than what we all had hoped for. and uh, but again, you know you just keep going and Simone was living her new life and we're going about our. Our lives, and and then all of a sudden, you know, we all kind of got hit with this. It was a little bit of a surprise. Not that it shouldn't have been, I get think too surprising, but I think that's not how. It's not what? It's not what we were expecting, uh, and so it kind of hits you. And um, you know, retirement just sort of brings about the you know the look at a person's career, and it's absolutely incredible. You know what Simone has done uh, in the WNBA long before that, and just uh, you know, I feel blessed to have been a part of so many years of her career and, and, uh, you know, she's one of the greatest of all time and, uh, you hate to see it end, you know, you kind of hope these things last forever, but obviously we know that's not the case. Um, and I just chuckle, uh, on the coaching front as I do with most players that, <laughs> that, um, uh, you know, maybe brought challenges, um, <laughs> you know, as a player, and then they turn coach, and I just love it. It's like it's like a parent says, I hope you have a kid just like you. <laughs> yeah, that That's what that's what comes to mind. I, I think, you know, we experienced it in, I believe it was 2019, where uh, I, we started to talk about, you know, Simone's value. She was injured and all that she gave, you know, from the bench. Um, you know, I, I wasn't surprised that maybe That this could happen. I don't know if it's long term for her or this something she's got to see whether she likes or not. But, you know, Simone was a smart player. Simone was so relatable, uh, easily can connect with and she could communicate with humor. And um, I, I would think that she'd be, you know, valuable to that staff.
0: A lot more I want to get to here. We're going to try to cram it all in. Before Cheryl, let's get back to work. We do want to thank our sponsors to make this all possible. Uh, thank you to Rudy Luther Toyota, which also sponsors some other shows on the network as well.
1: Ready for a women forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther advantage. off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return
0: policy on pre-owned vehicles located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring.
1: Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. Hey, Glory here with Successful Marketing Group. As you know, I work with local businesses, and right now, I'd love your help in supporting local Twin Cities restaurants. This month, I'd like to spotlight Day by Day Cafe. They've been a St. Paul institution since 1980. My daughter and I have been going there for almost 20 years. They're family owned and loved for their scratch kitchen breakfast and magical outdoor patio with Koi Pond. Oh, and their new Woodfire Pizzas are a big hit. Go to my Instagram at Successful Biz Owners for more info on them.
0: And thank you to Successful Marketing Group. That is Lori Ramsey's outfit. Uh, highly recommend Lori is a human being and an operator. And we also want to thank our friend Cara Quinn. You can find her now these days at CaraQuinnRealtor.com. C-A-R-A-Q-U-I-N-N Realtor.com. You can also, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on her mailing list, so I get all the cool stuff. And uh, she you can find her at Vibe Realty uh, and what I like about her Vibe Realty stuff is it's always addressing, and I'm a journalist, I like topical stuff. She's She uh, is always addressing what's happening. The Twin Cities is an emerging market, competing as a buyer in today's market and this this market is very unusual, making your listing stand out. Of course, there are the actual listings of houses uh, and she's really an expert on, on Twin Cities neighborhoods. So, Go check her out, realtor.com You can also find her at Vibe Realty and sign up for her newsletter. Uh, I read it every week, and uh, we appreciate Cara supporting the network. Uh, again, a couple of network notes. We've added Lavelle Neal to our baseball show with Roy Smalley. That's been a lot of fun. We're going to be hopefully here announcing a big-time uh, signing to our network here very soon. We'll let you know when that happens. Uh, so any thoughts on the Glenn Taylor uh, sale, you know, where it stands, what Glenn's been going through?
1: Uh, I, I don't, um, you know, I, I learned of the, the litigation, you know, when everyone else did and, um, I, I don't have any information to add, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those, you know, billion dollar, uh, business deals yeah. that somebody, somebody wants to get paid at a certain time. And, um, you know, I, I, I trust Glenn and I think we've got to be realistic about, you know, people all up in arms about, you know, there not actually be a written clause about, you know, the team staying or not staying. I mean, the fact of the matter is when when Glenn is no longer the majority owner, whoever owns the team is going to be free to do whatever they want to do with the team, regardless of what Glenn wants. That's just facts or the fans. And I just think we ought to get over that part and support the team. If, you, if you're passionate about the team, you know, the Timberwolves and Lynx, support the team. That's all you can do. Control what you can control. Otherwise, you know, this narrative is really tired. And if I'm, if I'm Mark and I'm Alex and I hear that all the time, I start to wonder maybe I shouldn't uh, have a team here. Why do they say that so much? And so I just don't get that, that very, very negative narrative uh, about that. Glenn has been committed to the Minnesota team, stepped up at a time uh, in the 90s uh, to keep the Timberwolves you know, in Minnesota and own that team. You know, I don't think that was a lifelong goal of his, but he made that uh, a big part of his life because he cares so much. And he's done a lot uh, for this organization, obviously. And so, you know, there's only so much you can do. He wants the team here. He's made that clear. But ultimately, that's not something that he's going to have control of.
0: And that's what I've been telling people that I've been asked about a lot. We did talk about it on the John Krasinski show extensively too. And even if Glenn put some impediments into a deal to moving it, these are people who are spending 1.5 billion dollars on a franchise. They could figure a way out around the legal legality, or they could buy out the the claw. I mean, if they are di- absolutely set on moving the team, they will eventually move it. I will also point out that no Minnesota teams have moved since Norm Green sexually harassed his way out of town. Uh, the yeah. teams just don't move that often. Minneapolis is a very good market. Uh, they're going to go to expansion franchises in Seattle and Vegas. So are somebody really going to, as a business person, going to move a team from a very good market in Minneapolis to like, I don't know, Tucson? I mean, it's just, you know, if it happens, it happens, but it's not really a logical sequence here, I don't think.
1: I agree, and we just need to get past that, and And let's be happy for Glenn. I mean, I think, um, again, all that he's done and invested uh, in Minnesota and specifically the, you know, the Timberwolves and the cities. And I mean, let's be happy about that, celebrate that and, and be happy for him, you know, one and a half billion. That's a, that was a hell of an investment for him and, you know, his family. And, and, and now you have, you know, someone like uh, Mark Lurie and, and, and Alex Rodriguez, who, you know, are, are going to be passionate about the NBA and the WNBA. I'm super excited. I've had some, you know, great conversations with Mark and, you know, let's, let's, let's bring them here and let's, you know, let's, let's be excited about this and see what we can all do together. And, uh, let's keep the negativity out of this stuff.
0: So, uh, ratings, uh, you know, continue to go up for the WNBA. It's been very impressive. What And I think the latest social media push, which I agree with is okay. Yeah. WNBA ratings are up. How about instead of cutting immediately from WNBA games to cornhole or bowling, uh, you know, why not have, start really investing in pre and post game shows because those, you know, tend to get very good ratings in all the, all the men's sports. I don't know why they wouldn't get good ratings with, as the WNBA becomes even more popular.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that the, that ESPN really did a great job in women's college basketball in yeah. terms of doing exactly, exactly that and, and giving it shows. And there was, there was conversation about it well after the game and, you know, uh, at a time or at a space that typically was reserved to only talk about men's sports. We're having people on, sitting in studio, talking about making women's sports a part of the segment. So I really think ESPN for college basketball did an incredible job. And so next up is the, is the WNBA. And I think that it's on their minds. They certainly could see. Uh, you know, the ratings each time that they, they, they put it on and invest in it, you know, they, they get a, a really good return on their investment. And I think we're the biggest bargain in, in TV rights history uh, for, for ESPN. And um, I think that there's, I mean, more and more, look, we're watching, uh, you know, College World Series uh, uh, for softball on ABC. They've never been on ABC before. So that's a, you know, that's a part of ESPN. Uh, so I, I, I agree with you. And uh, it's not, every time we see this, graphic about, uh, you know, the ratings going up and, you know, um, <laughs> I did get a chuckle out of, uh, there was, um, I think it's from ESPN P- uh, PR about, uh, or maybe it was Richard Deitch that, um, there was, uh, NBA ratings were up over 2020, uh, but they made a special note, uh, while well, these games are now not being televised on Monday and Tuesday, and they're not at a you know, a time block that was maybe not as appealing as what they were doing mm-hmm. in 2020. Well, I thought, huh, that's what women's it's, sports does. Isn't that yeah. interesting that it actually impacts your ratings? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but yeah, I, I'm with you on all of that and, uh, I think we're heading in the right direction there, and um, it, is, it is something that's going to be massive uh, in terms of catapulting uh, women's sports to where men's sports are in terms of the value of it and the you know, valuation of uh, the teams and the, the, the interest by um, you know, corporate folks to, to be involved and for the TV rights money to go up. And that is so important for
0: us. I'm going to throw a couple of coaching things at you. I don't know if in your position you can really comment, but I I want to try. <laughs> uh James Wade says that uh, an official called him boy during a game. I I find that <laughs> remarkably stupid and 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 horrific if it happened. Any thoughts?
1: Yeah, well well clearly, you know this is not made up. Um you know, say a referee saying anything to a player um, you know, about the coach is unprofessional. And I know that, that Sue Blau, uh, who supervises these referees, are, is got to be awfully disappointed uh, with a comment being made saying, you better get your boy. Um, completely inappropriate. And as, as uh, if you're at all uh, engaged or in tune to uh, the reference of boy uh, to a black man, how hurtful that is, uh, then maybe you shouldn't be, you know, maybe you shouldn't be in the role that you're in. So completely 100% wrong. Uh, James is right that he filed that complaint. And I hope that we see action taken by the league against that official. Uh, again, if you don't understand your words and how hurtful those things are, uh, you don't understand culture, then again, you know, maybe you shouldn't have your position. And as coaches and as officials, uh, you know, we, we've we all got to do better.
0: Well said. I appreciate you handling that. Uh, so tell me about Leisha as a human being. Leisha Clarendon.
1: Uh, incredible human being. I've had, a, you know, from afar, uh, had a chance to, to be around Lesia, you know, with, with USA Basketball. Um, gosh, when I think about Lesia Clarence and I think about all that's right uh, with the WNBA and, um, and I think about courage, um, Malaysia, uh as a non-binary athlete and the things that um, they would have to go through. And just the ways in which the Sports Illustrated story that was recently done during training camp, how absolutely incredible mm-hmm. it was. Um, and and the feeling of, you know, uh, I think Lasia evolving uh, to where, um, you know, she is now that, um, you know, like to be seen and to feel more comfortable, you know, in your own body, um, you know, that, that, that's been quite the journey uh, for them. And I think that... Um, you know, I, I'm just super proud, and I know the WNBA is super proud. Uh, and, and uh, you know, that's not the reason why is getting the opportunity with the Lynx. I need uh, somebody that, you know, as a point guard, you know, can help our second unit. And, and we'd like to give them an opportunity to, to see what they can do.
0: Good stuff. And we did pass the anniversary of the murder of George Floyd. Uh, your team and your league have been, uh, you know, remarkably... Brave about the way you've handled all this. Any thoughts on uh, on this past week?
1: Yeah, you know, it's gosh, so much has happened in a year. It feels, um, you know, that uh, I wish George Floyd was with us, and, and I know his family wishes the same. I wish that we didn't have to go through all this. Um, so, you know, just the the anniversary of you know honoring and memory and and uh, uh, remembering him and and all that that he was to his family and his friends, and and how uh, horrific. Uh, the the way that he passed Uh, you know each each year it's going to be hard uh, because he's not with us Um, and then just uh, you know like you said as as an organization that's always going to be important to
0: us (laughs) sometimes I I I think about you know you the 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 dual jobs you have the fact that uh, and I think about you know people like Lasia everybody in your league it's I just feel like times like this I mean do they get exhausting these you're you're trying to you're trying to coach basketball. You're trying to put a team together. Your players are dealing with you know with everything they deal with as basketball players, and also uh, being at the forefront of social justice movements. I mean, do you ever have does do y'all ever have to just say we need a break from this stuff? Yeah,
1: I'm um, not gonna lie. You know, there's times when you you do you you do t- you take this breath of you know, like, my God, like, you know, you just, <laughs> it's everywhere you turn. Um, but, but you know, I always tell people um, we have to constantly dig deeper. Um, and, and I always say mentally tough and physically tough. Like uh, we don't have a choice because if we don't fight the fight and do these things, who's going to, um, and the fight is worth fighting. All of them, all of that we're involved in, we are changing the world. We're making the world a better place uh, and we'll have time to rest we're not always going to have our platform we're going to have time to rest uh or, or take um you know one of the two, one of the things goes away maybe you know you retire from basketball but you still um you know can engage and, and enact change in different ways uh, but you'll have a time when you're going to look back and you're going to say look at all that we did how incredible was that to be a part of and that's what drives us every day
0: Great stuff from Cheryl. Uh, Good luck this weekend. I don't know if I'll see you Sunday night, but I I hope to be at the game on Sunday night, and we'll talk again next week. Uh, Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thanks to everyone who listens. This is TalkDork.com.